Talking Landscape Photography with Christian Fletcher and Carwin. Welcome to the very first uh, podcast of Light Minded. My name is Carwin, uh, joined today by Christian Fletcher. How are you, legends? <laughs> there we go, hey. Christian. Hey, how are you? Yeah, that was a nice intro. Thanks, Carwin. Uh, it wasn't me. Who was that, that guest? Just listen to this. I risked my life taking these photographs. Oh, wow. Someone who's uh, definitely a, a thrill seeker. He's a great Australian and great photographer. Mr. Peter Lick, he couldn't join us today, so it's myself and, uh, and Christian Fletcher. Mate, our very first podcast, how did this come about? Well, you you actually called me and said, hey, um, I'd like to do a podcast. What do you reckon? And I thought, okay, yeah, well, yeah, that sounds good. I'm not sure if I'm much of a radio star, but uh, you are, so yeah, I went with it. And, and But that was last year sometime, wasn't it? Probably more than six months ago. Yeah, it takes a while to coordinate these sort of things and, um, you know, just to sort of get the right, you know, format and uh, the link-ups and that sort of stuff because I'm in Perth and you're in... Dunsborough. Cold old Dunsborough today, so... Freezing. Mate. It's like eight degrees. I'm in a sea container, so I'm talking about a metal box and it must be eight degrees in here. I've got my little nano blanket on my on my lap and I'm still cold, but I'm looking at you and you've got um, <laughs> a T-shirt on. What's with that? Well, it's, mate, it's, it's 13 and a half degrees here in Perth. You know, it's actually, yeah, well, it's balmy. Yeah, no, 13 and a half degrees, I would still have a, a nana blanket on my lap. That's, that's pretty cold anyway. But well, um, yeah, no, you, uh, you came up with this brilliant idea and, and thought that maybe someone would be interested in listening to what we had to say. So uh, yeah, what, um, what's your background in photography? Uh, well, look, I was a radio announcer, and um, so I just did um, you know bit jobs like casual stuff doing music announcing. Um, so I worked in Perth on a couple of commercial stations and worked in Sydney. Um, <clears throat> and then I found myself in the position of uh, doing um, music radio in Sydney. And, you know, it was the dream. We're broadcasting in, in Sydney. Like, this is the pinnacle. And then all of a sudden, our radio station um, died in the arse, for want of a better word. And we hired uh, Kyle Sandylands, um, who, if you're an American listener, is a, um, is a very big controversial DJ over here. Um so the whole nature of our radio station changed. So we went from a like a like an oldies sort of format um, to more of a like a hot radio sort of controversial style format. But so there wasn't a place for me in the station, and that's when I decided to um, take photography seriously. I thought, well, you know, I'm not going to make it on radio. I may as well try and uh, teach myself how to take photos. So from that moment, and that was five or six years ago, I you know I've been shooting every day. So I started shooting at Yena Bay in Sydney. So shooting uh, sunrise with with the sun actually coming up over the water at sunrise, uh, which is quite a novelty because in the west, you know, we we just you know that happens at sunset and um, you know. Unless you live in Dunsborough. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I didn't think. <laughs> so yeah, we get it coming up over over the water if we want to and whatever we want to do. Yeah, we've got it all down here. That's that's pretty much it. I you know I probably take about twenty or thirty thousand photos a year, and I'm just you know trying to get better and that sort of stuff, and you know. Uh, looking at Christian stuff to, to try and get a bit of inspiration, but yeah, no, I'm nowhere compared to you, mate. So, how did you? How did how did it start for you? Like, where did the passion start? I got a camera when I was 15. I went thirds with my brother and my dad, and, and I was the only one that really picked the camera up and decided to do something with it. But you know, when you're 15, you, you don't really mm. enjoy anything. You know, I've got a 15 year old son at the moment, and he's still in bed. What time is it now? 10:30. I don't think I'll see him till probably 11:30. Right. So I, as a 15-year-old kid, I was yep. I had it, but I wasn't really that committed. But mm. I had a surfing accident when I was 18. I, I was on holidays from work, 
I was working in the public service as a clerk and because I, I cut my leg on uh, with when I was surfing, I couldn't go back in the water. I had three weeks left on my holidays and I had no nothing else that I could do. Was that in Dunsborough? Uh, no, this was in Perth, actually. So I started in, in um, Perth just mucking around with the camera. And in those three weeks, I picked up the camera and put a, a roll of uh, slide film in and started mucking around and I got these little slides back and I just thought it was quite interesting. And then I was doing all the things that you do as a kid with a mm. camera. You, you, you take a photograph of the sink and then the, there's a set of keys and then you yeah. then you start playing with the torch and doing a long exposure and all that stuff, which is really, yeah, it's just crazy. So Who taught you? I just taught myself. It was just a matter of, I, I got a black and white darkroom. So going forward quite a few years, I, I uh, was doing some other jobs and then I decided to move down to Dunsborough and that's when I, I thought, well, I'm going to become a photographer full-time because I had no skills I had no training I, I, I wasn't university educated or anything like that I just wanted to get into photography because I thought that would be something that I would enjoy doing because I enjoyed it when I was younger so so I set up a black and white darkroom and from that I was able to work on composition and that I mean composition was the big thing I mean obviously I was shooting black and white and developing my own so I was rolling the film making the prints doing the whole bit that was what sort of taught me how to get things right because I was doing so much of it. Like yourself, I was taking lots of shots. Obviously, film, it's a little bit slower and it's mm. a little bit less than mm. a digital camera. Mm. But I really loved the process. I fell in love with, with making prints and I made so many mistakes along the way. Eventually, I, I learned to get it right and, and continued on and digital came across and I, I moved across to digital, sorry, and, and yeah, the rest is history. But, I mean, that's 29 years ago. Who was around... At that time, did you follow other landscape guys or girls? No, I, I didn't actually know anybody in those days. I was in Dunsborough. It was a town of 700 people, I think, at the time. I just started taking photographs from me, and I had no—I didn't know it. I didn't know of Ken Duncan or Peter Lick or any of these guys. That which start, Ken started first, I think, and then Peter Lick and I were starting out around the same time. But I never saw any of their work. I was pretty isolated down here in the southwest and just did my own thing uh where i was influenced was when i went to america in 2000 and i i was uh, i just bought a fuji gx617 film camera mm. and uh that was uh when i started to look at panoramic images and mm. uh, i don't know why i bought that i can't remember seeing ken's work and going oh, i want to do panoramics it was just just a camera that i'd uh, uh found in a shop or on you know, I was going to say online, but I'm not even sure if there was online then. I mean, there must have been. You just decided that was going to be your thing is to do big panos? Yeah, yeah, because I started out, I, I wanted to to be a landscape photographer and take photos and sell them in a gallery or a, a restaurant at that time. My brother had a restaurant down here in Dunsborough. So I thought, well, I'll just take photos, I'll, I'll frame them and I'll put them in his restaurant and I'll sell them and that's how I'll make my money. Mm. But of course... When I got into photography, I got sucked into the weddings and the portraits and commercial work, and I did that for six years and hated it. Yep. And then, then, then eventually gave up for like a couple of days, and then realised, no, no, I want to do landscapes again. So I, I became more interested in, in purely doing landscapes and making money from that. Mm. So I was working three jobs to trying to make ends meet, and eventually I was uh, making enough nice images and selling enough to to make that my you know, my sole occupation that's when I started my first gallery mm. and um, and the panoramic was great it was a, a format that was 
relatively new, I guess, at the time. It was mm. not many people were doing that, and, and you know, these large panoramic coloured pieces, decor pieces, were quite interesting to me. So that's that's what I want to do. I went to America and I saw. I was influenced by a guy named Michael Fatali, who's a very controversial figure because he set fire to the national parks and ended up uh, getting in a bit of trouble for that. Which is that never goes down too well. Want to do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I didn't follow him down that route and um, set fire to any national parks here in Australia. But I did see his right. work and, and it, I was devastated because it was so good. And I hadn't. I I thought, wow, how how do I ever achieve that level mm. of quality? Because his stuff just blew me away and i was looking at these prints they were cibachromes big cibachromes well when i say big cibachromes i think they're only about 30 by 40 inches but i've never seen a print that big mm, mm. Uh, before so when i saw that i was just gobsmacked and I, I walked out of his gallery so depressed i thought oh that's it i'm gonna hang up my camera i can't do this and I'm, I'm never gonna achieve that quality how to, I, I didn't even know how to start and um yeah i was very just dis- very disappointed but then because i was in america um and I saw that and I had this camera. I thought, how am I going to get these transparencies printed? Mm. And uh, there was no one doing, there was people doing cibachromes in Australia, but not to the same level. This guy had a printer uh, and he you don't choose him, he chose you, this guy. that. Uh, uh, so your work's going to be worthy. Wow. And uh, yeah, I didn't have any of that, any contacts in Australia that mm. could do that sort of work. So then I started to look into digital and that's when I, bought my first film scanner I came back and you know, all this time I had no money I was pretty much just living on a naughty rag living an artist life. I, yeah yeah that's right and um, literally had to um, scrape together enough money to buy this film scanner which was sixteen and a half thousand dollars and for me at the time it was a, you know, it's a big money it was a Imacon flex type photo but it was a it's an awesome bit of kit and the way I the reason I bought it is because I was going to get all my images scanned and I worked out that it was going to um, I think it was $40 a scan and I had at least 400 images I wanted to get scanned so there's $16,000 right wow. there so I thought wow. oh, I may as well just buy the damn thing and I'll have it yeah. paid off in no time so I did and um, I don't even know where I got the money from wow. <laughs> I must have sold something <laughs> sold <laughs> what, what it was, yeah it was really um, it, was a, it was a tough tough old game in those days but Luckily, there wasn't as much competition. In those days, like uh, particularly when you're in, in the United States, were you ever influenced by the, the masters, like the Ansel Adams? Uh, you know, w- w- did you like his stuff? Did you get anything? Yeah, from that? yeah, yeah. I can't remember if I actually saw any of it. There was a there was a couple of uh, other guys as well. A guy named Jim Brandenburg, who I really liked. His stuff was really quite beautiful. Uh, and there's a David Munich. I think his name was David Munich. Something like that. Um, and, and all these guys were amazing. And, and of course, America is so beautiful. Mm. And I'm looking at these pictures and I'm uh, thinking, wow, that's yeah, it's pretty, going to be pretty hard to achieve. So, yeah, there was quite a few. Ansel Adams, obviously, I, I can't remember if I actually saw any of his work while I was there, even though I was at Yosemite. I'm not sure if, I, uh, if there was images there. But, yeah, again, that was all way beyond me as well. The, the black and white work he was doing was nothing like I could achieve. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it just goes to show that you can start out doubting yourself and you can get there in the end it's and it's not difficult you just got to know what the processes are and any i can teach anybody to be good at photoshop Mm. but the hardest thing is to be good at composition Composition. i think that's where you it's really hard to teach that and that's something Mm. that you can see you can you know people can tell you all the rules but Mm. you need to go out and break them lots of times to Mm. to realize for yourself oh okay that's that's 
where I should have composed the shot. So I've got that now. I mean, I've been able to make compositions relatively easily because I feel it. It's like, ah, oh, okay, that's that's where the camera should be pointed. It's more of a like a you you don't think so much about the composition. You just you feel the composition. Yeah, yeah, that sounds a little bit wanky, doesn't it? But it's pretty <laughs> it <does>. true. <laughs> I feel it, man. Yeah, I'm just, I'm it's feeling... about vibe. Yeah, it's just like you you feel the scene and you know next thing. The shot's actually bloody insane. It's beautiful. And that's what happens. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, it is. It's insanely beautiful sometimes. Yeah, you, sometimes you just can't. You can't miss it. Look, you've made a, a good career out of landscape photography. And look, I, I talk to um, you know a lot of photographers when I go out to the to the spots. Like it might be Sugarloaf Rock or you know taking photos of of the city or at the beach. And you bump into a lot of uh, landscape photographers. And, and the one thing that we um, invariably always end up discussing is how do I sell my work. Like, how do I make money out of this? Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd like to know the answer to that as well. <laughs> it's again increasingly hard, but it is it is a difficult one. And I guess that just comes with time. I always say to people, you can have the best photos, but if you haven't got the best brand or if you haven't got the best marketing, uh, you, you people just don't see your work. Mm-hmm. And it's a sad fact that some of the best creatives out there probably never make a dollar out of their work because no one sees it. And for me, being in the industry for 29 years, you, you just get known. So my brand is built on the fact that I've been here for that long and managed to survive and, and just put up with the the meager, meager pickings in the early days. And and now we're at, we're at a time now where so many people can take great photographs. People are shooting great stuff with, with uh, smartphones. Yeah, yeah, which is something we need to talk about in the, in the next podcast. Um, but yeah, there's so much competition. You've got to stay ahead of the pack. You've got to have a good brand. You've got to be out there showing people your work, and that that just takes time. It, it's not nothing that you can do overnight. I mean, you can get some lucky breaks, which might help you along. But you know, to get a have a career in this industry and to 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 a long career, it, it just takes take something else you can't just uh, expect you can't sit back and 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 wait for it to come to you you've got to go out to the world with your stuff and i'm sure that's the same with every every art form and every artist it's quite amazing because i i mean i've i've seen a lot of work from um you know people that just that shoot a lot um and because they're they're artists you know they they probably don't have the propensity to to set up a deal and um you know a a business plan to to sell their stuff and i i see their work and i've seen some stuff and I've just gone. That is just amazing. You know why? Why? It, you know, I just, I just don't get. It. I guess it, you know, like you said, it's that whole, um, you know, proliferation of, of of cameras everywhere. And ironically, we're in this time at the moment where I reckon that there has never been as much photography than there is right now in the, the history of humanity ever. But the irony is, I reckon ninety percent of that's going to disappear. We're going to have nothing to show for it in ten years. Yeah. Look, I. I love making prints. That's for me. Yeah, and the young kids will take their selfies and they'll have them on on their um, Instagram or whatever, Snapchat. But I I love making a print, and and that is the ultimate game with photography. Is is you you want a physical print? You want something that you can put in an album or put on your wall. And it, and it, there's something about that process. It's always been that way it's from from day one. It's all about the print, mm. and now with digital and technology, it's all changing. So it's mm. going to be on screens and iPads and phones. And I just don't think it's the same. 
No, it's, it's wasted because, um, you know, if you look at, you know, stuff like um, Instagram and look, somebody listening to this podcast in 10 years time um, will probably be going, you know, what the hell is Instagram? And, and that's the point. So, you know, these, these people are out there taking these amazing shots, um, but the, the way they're, they're saved is terrible. Like the compression on Instagram is terrible. Um, Instagram's probably not even going to be around. So that, that's, that's all gone. So it's not actually a photo until you actually print it. And it's, it, then it's archival. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's crazy. But I guess we, we, we're a couple of older guys that are in an industry that's changing all the time. And, and it does change. And, I, and I'm hoping that with this podcast, we can talk about those changes and mm. maybe then we can uh, try and keep up with all the, all the cool kids that are, are doing all the interesting stuff. And, and uh, look, I, I still, I, I like technology and I like the way, things are going and i do like you know showing images on in different ways uh, you know bigger screens all that sort of stuff tvs mm. but i but I, I i think when it comes down to it is the print is there's something special about that print and i remember being at a trade show and there was a guy who was showing me work that he had taken that's all black and white but he'd, he'd shot it on a hasselblad mm. and it was it was beautiful he had this little box and he pulled it out and i remember looking at these prints and they weren't massive mm. But the quality of this black and white printing and the actual the feel of it just impressed me, and I was like, "Wow, I, I want to do that. I want that. Mm. I want." And uh, I've never done that actually. I've only ever just made other sort of prints, but not this beautiful little portfolio. It was just so neat. Mm. Everything was flat and gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And I could just imagine putting that aside and in a in a in a cabinet for fifty years, and then pulling it out and showing your kids or whatever or whoever wants it and how things have changed and, and just that that fine craft that they were doing and you look you look at some of the photographs that were made way back when they're better than the ones that are made today absolutely and look uh, look unfortunately we've just uh, recently had somebody in the family pass away so i've um you know i've, I've taken on the responsibility of, of scanning the photos and, and cleaning the photos up um and you know i i found myself working on a photo uh yesterday that would have been 40 years old yeah, and it was beautiful, and it, look, the the retouching was actually done by hand. And um, when I actually worked on this shot, I took it out of the frame, and there was actually another photo hidden behind that photo, another yeah, family right. photo. So back in the day, when somebody put that frame together, they actually slipped another photo in there, and it's like, yeah. you know, it's like yeah. a tangible thing. Like it's actually like you've actually captured that moment in time like you actually own that moment in time it's not just a yeah. a digital file it's amazing yeah yeah well imagine art imagine if, if all art and all photography went digital and never came off a screen people's walls and homes would just be bare and just barren and boring like yeah Look, I've just had an idea. Like, why don't we just ask the um, the people listening to this podcast um, if if they want us to, or probably more you, to to have a look at their shots and maybe give them some some feedback. What what do you reckon? I think that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All they need to do is send them in to us. So we've got an email address that they can send it to. Lightminded six seventeen at gmail dot com. Uh, send those photos in, and we'll uh, we'll give you some some positive feedback. Yeah, and will we be able to put them up on our? Instagram page or something like that? Yes, we will. I knew you were going to ask me about that because um, I actually set up an Instagram page last week. And if you just bear with me one second, Christian, I'll, uh, I'll just I'll find <laughs> you, you in the, deep um, end. the address. I better so, get my phone out and just see if I can uh, see it. Well, just while I find this address, um, who's the best, you know, sort of landscape person at the moment that you know of? Best landscape 
Yeah, like who's who's exciting besides you know besides me? <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I've got some yeah. good mates that are, are brilliant uh, photographers. Of course, Tony Hewitt and, and Peter Eastway. Mm. Uh, I, I love what those guys do. Actually, I've recently discovered a guy in Florida. His name is uh, Henthorn. I don't know a lot about him, but I, I've actually reached out to him on Instagram, which I'll get to shortly. I'm going to give you um, our address. Uh, so he's going to have a chat with us at some stage, but he does um, he does extreme long exposure landscapes but he'll actually um he'll actually create the scene so he'll 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 build a texture into the beach um and there's he's amazing so have a look at his stuff on um on instagram he's very inspirational and we'll we'll have a chat with him in a couple weeks time but um look what we're going to do is when you send us the photos we'll um we'll have a a quick chat about them and give you some feedback and we're also going to post those on our instagram page so if you do a search for um like-minded podcast so it's actually three words like-minded podcast on instagram and we'll post your stuff on instagram and uh, and give you some feedback hang on is that like-minded or light-minded <laughs> it's light-minded light-minded yes, podcast okay. <laughs> have you got that have you done a search for that we've got 11 followers already yeah we're legends wow yeah well i better follow there's 12 now Far out. <laughs> so who did you get? You get all your family to, to follow, did you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, oh, just you know, people I met on on the street said, "Oh, please, <laughs> yeah. yeah, please, can you follow yeah. us? We'll, we'll crank out some new photos." <laughs> yeah. All right, no, uh, Christian, we'll be able to wrap it up. And um, look, I guess, you know, let's talk about the ne- next podcast. Um, we're going to be talking about smartphones in photography. Yes, yeah. We're going to look at the uh, new Huawei P30 Pro. I think it's going to be, I haven't got my hands on it yet, but I'll be getting one fairly soon. And I think it's it's going to be just a, a ripper little camera phone to have. Um, also, we've got some um, some guests coming up. We've got, I want to speak to Tony Hewitt about his work he's, and his trip around Australia and, and light aircraft and also Fantastic. Lau he's the, he's the uh, um, vice president of R&D from phase one he's going to talk about wow. all the new phase one gear which is going to be pretty cool far out and and we're going to we're going to have lots of interesting guests on this podcast so yeah stay tuned it's going to be exciting send us an email lightminded617 at gmail.com